0: I had to get off TikTok to uh to do this episode. So just so you know. Um I told myself I was not gonna download TikTok and I knew it was gonna be a time waster, and uh it has been. Although there is some good stuff on there, it's funny, it's it's a good way to kill some time. So I can't really say too much, and you're probably in the same zone as I am. Thanks for listening to the Tony the podcast. Welcome back. Um, Hopefully you're staying dry. It's hot out there here in central Indiana. There's been a lot of hail and uh, the weather is just being Indiana weather as we know that it will be on this episode. We're going to break down some more IndyCar as we always do. And talk to Rob Howden, he's an insider for the Road to Indy. We're going to talk about some of the up-and-coming drivers that you could be seeing in the Indianapolis 500 over the next couple of years. Look ahead to Road America, uh, my night out at Lucas Oil Raceway on Thursday as well. So uh, it is going to be an awesome episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thanks to the UPS store in Fishers, 11650 Olea Road, 317-578-0000 nine for the UPS store. Times have been rough for the community over the past year, but just in case you need a reminder, you're pretty tough too. And while there are still uncertainty and more challenges ahead, know the UPS store is always here to help, to learn about their custom printing services. Visit your neighborhood location, the UPS store, everything for small businesses, all in one place. Go see the smiling faces at the one on 11650 Oleo road up in Fishers. Tell them I sent you. Before we move on, shout out to my buddy, Shawnee D. It is his 32nd birthday. Enjoy the NASCAR race down in Nashville. And shout out to all the dads. Happy Father's Day to you, um, especially to my dad. Thanks for sticking with me, uh, supporting me, um, and always being there for me. I'm going to share a story with uh, regards to my dad. Um, My dad's my best friend and everybody that you that meets me and meets him will tell you that I am a spitting image of him, and um it, it, so this is always a funny story I like to tell. My dad has a lot of good corny jokes and he's big into wearing his air monarch's um crispy boys as he calls them but so when, <laughs> when I was a kid and this is this is terrible, but I think it's hilarious anyway. when I was a kid, I would go to race tracks and try to get all the driver's autographs and um, My dad and my grandpa would always go to the racetrack with me, and my dad or my grandpa would say to each other, Emerson. And when I was a kid, young kid, I thought, oh, well, Emerson Fittipaldi's around. And, you know, where is he? I'm trying to get his autograph, or why is he walking down Georgetown Road the day before the race? Like, why would, what's going on? I never saw him? And so I asked my dad, and was when I was an adult, I said, what was that all about? Why was Emerson never around? And uh my dad said uh, that stood for Emmer Some Nice Boobs or whatever. <laughs> so um just one of the many, many funny um jokes and antidotes that my dad has. So love of the death, Dad. Thank you uh for shaping me into uh who I am and believing in me and sticking with me. Um it was really cool. Speaking to my dad, so I knew we were going to this Thursday night out of Lucas Oil Raceway. I love going to Lucas Oil Raceway. Um, it's one, it was one of my favorite places to go as a child. You know, I, I, I was fortunate enough. You know, I went to some baseball games and basketball games, whatever, growing up. But, but, I, but what we did was we went to racetracks. And one of my favorite racetracks to go to as a kid was IRP, go to the uh, USAC races, truck series, uh, the Bush series at the time. So I try to go out there as much as possible as an adult to still support that track. Went out to the Arca race last year. Obviously um, have spotted for the Carb Night uh, races and then went out for the uh, Sprint Cars and Midgets on Thursday night. It was Jeff Gordon night, throwback night. We had a blast. Uh, it was 24 bucks for two races, a hot dog, Pepsi, and Baby Ruth. I was like, yeah, sign me up any day of the week. Um, so love going out to Lucas Oil Raceway. And my dad sent me um, some Jeff Gordon stuff, and I got a Baby Ruth 124 scale diecast signed by Jeff Gordon. And he took a selfie with Shawnee D and I, which was awesome. So, um, you know, growing up, when you talk about the athletes that I idolized, uh, Jeff Gordon was right there with Reggie Miller, um, Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey Jr., um, you know, IndyCar-wise, it was Alonser Jr., Ari Leyendike, uh, Michael Andretti, uh, th- those drivers. Um, so that was super cool. It's only the second time I've met Jeff, and he couldn't have been more cool. Uh, him and his stepfather and his first sprint car owner had a little Q&A with Pat Sullivan, and um, it, was, it was so much fun to watch. So uh, kudos to Lucas Oil Raceway having another awesome event out there in Claremont. Uh, Tony, great to be with you. You know, I want to go back. About a month ago, um, I thought it was awesome that weekend of the AMR IndyCar Grand Prix, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, there was nonstop action throughout the day with lights, um, you know, with the USF 2000, with Pro 2000 racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, and I just thought it was all capped off with Rena's VK getting that victory, knowing that it wasn't too long ago he was making his way up through the ranks as well.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's interesting for us. Obviously, we take a lot of pride, right, in the uh, graduates we've had in the road to Indy. Whether it's a Colton Hurta, Pothole Award, but you look at a kid like Renus VK, who really fast tracked his way through. Uh, the entire road to Indy, you know, won the championship uh, in Indy Pro 2000 after finishing second the year before to Oliver Askew in USF 2000, wins a bunch of races in Indy Lights and then moves right to, to IndyCar. And I think we all saw from the very beginning what Reenus was going to be able to do, but the way he's been able to blossom, I think, has been really a, a point of personal pride for all of us here on the road to Indy.
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that like you mentioned, Colton heard at where Most of these guys have the experience, um, but it, it, it's kind of difficult for these guys to get rides knowing that, The veterans in IndyCar are still getting it done. Um, When you look at some of the guys on the grid right now in Indy Lights that we'll see at Road America, give me some names that maybe two, three years, maybe even a year from now down the line, we will see in an IndyCar cockpit. You know, I'll I'll preface that
1: by exactly what you said. It's kind of a a weird time right now. It's actually Mm -hmm. not a bad time, I think. A a decent time to be part of the Road Indy working your way to the top because there are – you know there is an established group of drivers who are starting to get up there in ages. How much longer are they going to race? How much longer are their contracts going to be? Uh, you know renewed. So there's an opportunity maybe for some for some drivers to come in. And again, following in the footsteps of the open, you know, the guys that have come in at open seats like Pato and Colton and Renas and, and of course Jack Harvey from earlier on in the road dandy. But you look at the group right now in Indy Lights as, as we come off the event at Detroit. Uh, we've got four, uh, three, four drivers, I think, in the championship hunt, but three drivers literally within four points up top. And those are really the primary guys to look for right now. Right, Just coming out of the gate, Linus Lundqvist and David Malukas running for HMD Motorsports with Global Racing Group. They've already both shown the ability to score race wins. Uh, you throw Kyle Kirkwood into the mix. He uh, has been very impressive on the road courses, around uh, the street courses, able to win at St. Petersburg, dominates the action at the Detroit. So Kirkwood with Andretti Autosport, good connection there as well. I think everybody's looking for him, Kyle, to be, you know, that next American rising star. I, I, I also want to bring Toby Saurian, you know, the Englishman from Cambridge in the UK. Uh, this He's got so much charisma, so much talent. He's really getting the, the hang of things with hunkus Racing. I think he'll win before the end of the season. Those are the four guys I would say right now would be, you know, the primary guys to work their way forward. Then you've got the Devlin D Francescos, the Alex Peronis, the Daniel Frost that are going to step up over this next year and a half. I think
0: Rob, I wanted to mention this too, before we go into, you know, the rest of the ladder series, I was talking to Zach Veach about this a few years ago. How important is it to have some of these IndyCar teams like the Andretti Autosports of the world support the ladder system? Because really, you know, when you walk into an into an IndyCar paddock, IndyCar weekend, it, it can be difficult if you haven't been there. But Zach Veach told me, you know, I was comfortable when I got the Andretti Autosport because I already had, you know, a past chemistry with those guys. I knew how they operate on a race weekend. How important is it for the IndyCar teams to step down and support the Ladder Series?
1: Well, that's one of the things, you know, with what I do with the Road to Indy as a series development director, as well as being the voice of the series uh, you know, I, I want to sit down and talk to team owners and I've done that with a couple over the, over the last couple of weeks, couple of months, because I think indie car connecting more deeply with the road dandy and in specific, uh, Indy lights, I, I think would be crucial moving forward. You know, you just look at Andretti and you, you talk about, you know, Zach Veach's um, experience is, is what I've heard from so many of the drivers, because when you're, even if you're an Andretti lights driver, you're so, um, a, a part of the family, right? Part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between races, you're yeah, you're 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 at the Indy Lights Andretti hauler and in the hospitality there. But you know, you're also potentially on the on the stand when the team's doing a, a session. IndyCar, you're able to have access to Mario and Michael and and the hot the entire Andretti hospitality program. And not only for the hospitality side, but also the culture side, right? You know, I always say culture is top down. So you got Michael, you got Mario, the culture of class and the way they do everything, but also of all the systems that they do, and. I think last but not least, probably the biggest thing we talk about the road to Indy being exactly that, not just for drivers, though. Yeah, drivers worked their way up through USF 2000, Indy Pro, Indy Lights, like Renus, uh, like Oliver, and then you yeah, eventually worked their way into the IndyCar program, but mechanics as well, PR mm-hmm. people, engineers. That's one of the things that Andretti is able to pull from, right? Yeah, they get a lot of guys that stay there as engineers and in Indy Lights, but a lot of the mechanics they have eventually find
0: their way to the IndyCar program as well. Let's go on the Pro 2000 um, I'm a little biased, as you know, because I do some work on the ovals with a lot of the drivers for Jay Howard's driver development. And, again, you talk about culture and a first-class effort. I see that with Jay and and teaching these kids, going back and looking at their lines, um, especially on ovals at Lucas Oil Raceway, um, and just getting better each session. Um, I've heard how Jay is with these drivers on the radio. I, it's very cool for me. I've, I've been spotting to learn. Um, And and then that's where it starts because a lot of these kids are on their first oval race. Let's go to the Indy Pro 2000. We've got a good battle between Christian Rasmussen and Brandon Eves. Uh, Reese Gold has shown some speed as well. Uh, Your thoughts on that on those standings as uh, we're about halfway through the season.
1: I'll give a quick point out first before we jump into that, because you mentioned Jay Howard, and I don't know if you saw it on my social media or not, but I had a chance to actually do the track walk uh, at the GMR Grand Prix weekend on the road course at Indy with Jay and his team, and just watching the way he kind of calmly talked about the track, here's where you need to be, especially with a couple of rookies he has in his USF 2000 program, right? Mm -hmm. He's got Peter Vardanovich from New Zealand, obviously Jackson Lee, the Avon, Indiana driver, Uh, but to watch Jay kind of talk to the drivers where you need to be, remember this part, especially the seven eight nine complex there, he really kind of hammered home how you have to approach that corner. And it was For me, obviously, you've got a chance to work with Jay and the team. And for me to be able to do it, it was really interesting during that track walk. But uh, when you talk about the championship, uh, you know, Christian Rasmussen, last year's USF 2000 champions, come out of the gate so strong, proving what he had last year in terms of speed and uh, was able to get the win on the Oval Lucas Oil Raceway. with a 13-point lead over Brady. Exclusive didn't have the best weekend at Lucas Oil, but Braden's still a driver with, I think, a lot of – there's some of his favorite tracks coming up, right? We go to mid-Ohio twice this year, the second race, the finale of the season taking place of Toronto. That's a track he has been statistically very strong at, so Braden's still going to be in the fight as well um reese gold as, as you mentioned just 16 years of age right two years ago starting in usf 2000 and he could he could be an indie pro for for two more years after this and and a, a bunch of pole position starts for reese was the fastest driver in qualifying on the oval for the freedom 90 so um I like his chances, but he's still super young. Uh, going outside that top three, Tony, and Petrov, Braden Eve's teammate at Exclusive Autosport, has been unbelievably quick as well. Very good at mid-Ohio, won there last year, has been good here at Road America as well. Uh, and last but not least, you can't count out Hunter McIlroy, right? He was mm. uh, runner-up in USF 2000 two years ago, finally was able to get that first win for Paps Racing on their debut season last year in Indy Pro 2000, got that victory at the end of the season, final race at St. Petersburg. He just needs to get on a roll. He's, he's significantly back right now, 62 points back. But like I always say, Road America to me is kind of that swing race because the rookies always, you know, they had a bunch of races in their, uh, you know, under their belts. They start getting more comfortable come Road America. And this is that weekend. If you can do it, if you can do the double here, get a couple of wins, it gives you so much momentum as we have a weekend off and head to Mid Ohio.
0: Yeah, and I think Christian and Braden are two guys that um, are maybe on the faster track than a lot of other guys to get to yeah. IndyCar. Um, I know Braden kind of has his his way to get there. Christian, who I've worked with and, and, and listened to and know how he operates, um, seems to have it going. But you talk about the age range. I mean, we're talking about – you know and then when you move down a little bit these kids are 14 15 16 years old yeah. it, it, it's almost like I'm walking around the paddock going like wait a minute shouldn't don't you have like a test for social studies coming up tomorrow what are you doing out here yeah
1: that's exactly i laugh sometimes that uh you know they got to get home and get to bed uh, yeah. for, for you know for their for their bedtime because again 14 15 years of age like you said but i think that for most of the drivers who come in at that age, at least to the Road Dandy and USF 2000, when they're that young, they've been running national-level kart racing events, the Superkarts USA Series, United States Pro Kart Series, Rock Cup USA, whatever it may be. And people that don't know the absolute level of professionalism at top-level karting events, national karting events, would be blown mm-hmm. away. It's literally exactly the same. People think you just, you know, these kids race go-karts or on the back of their, their, their pickup truck or a small trailer. No, these kids are literally transport you know it's, it's you know anywhere from 10 to 18 drivers under the tent they're doing full data debriefs after every session they're overlaying you know overlaying video with each other um so the stuff they learn you know when they're 11 12 13 years of age if they come into the road to india at 14 or 15 racing wise racecraft wise mindset wise they're they're
0: mature beyond their years and, and I know it's 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 so easy to say, but it really does put into perspective just this is the minor leagues. You know, you move up from single to double to triple to get to Car. It's the best way to see it. And, and what I really like, too, is the diversity of the racetracks. I mean, there's not as many ovals as maybe I would like. You get Lucas Oil and you get a Worldwide Technology Raceway when it comes to Pro. But, but these are, again, the, the same tracks on the same weekend that IndyCar is running on at a lot of these events they go to.
1: It's one of the beauties of the road, to Indy. Right, we're so paired so so closely with IndyCar, and, and that's what we do. We only have one standalone event this year at New Jersey Motorsports Park. I too would love to see do, us do more ovals, but you can see kind of the ovals that we did for Indy Lights and Indy Pro. We lost Iowa, and that was one of the places we like to go to. I know that before we were going to Richmond, there was a really good con, really good possibility. Indy Lights would have been at Richmond. Uh, I, I do see once. IndyCar kind of expands and potentially gets to some more ovals. We'll go back there again uh, with both the USF 2000, Indy Pro, and Indy Lights. But uh, you're right, the cross section of the race tracks. There's just nothing like it. You know, we've got, you've got the street circuits in Toronto when we go back, St. Pete, now Detroit. Um, I would keep Indy Pro and USF 2000 at Detroit, although mm-hmm. pretty bumpy there. I'm not sure whether yeah. the light cars can handle the bumps. But uh, like you said, natural terrain road courses, ovals.
0: It's just such a great cross section. At Rob Howden on Twitter. Give him a follow. Ecartingnews.com. He's got you covered the rest of the season when it comes to road to Indy. If you're looking for drivers that you will be seeing in Indy 500 over the next probably one, two, three, four, five years, he's the guy that has them covered for you. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend up in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Tony, thank you so much.
1: It's a pleasure. Give me a call
0: anytime. As always, the Tony Podcast brought to you by Flooring Is Forever. forever FlooringIsForever.com, 317-755-1246. With over 20 years of experience here locally in Indianapolis, if you're looking to upgrade the flooring in your home or business, get a hold of Harley today. FlooringIsForever.com. Check out their awesome ratings online. FlooringIsForever.com, 317-755-1246. All right, let's talk a little uh, road to Indy and the guy to do that with from Road America up in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Rob Howden joins us. Rob, thanks for your time, man. Again, big thanks there to Rob Howden, uh, getting you up to date on the up-and-coming drivers that we could see in the NTT Indy Car Series over the next couple of years. Um, obviously, that's where a lot of these drivers got their start. Um, you know, We talked a lot about Renus VK, who is not racing this week. Oliver, Askew. ask you. Um, a lot of people ask me, is he is he maybe auditioning for the twenty cars road course positions that Connor Daly has been in? Um, from what I know, which is my opinion and what um, I've heard, is that Connor has got enough money. Uh, with the Air Force to get him through at least next year, so through 2022. Now we don't know what team that is with. I know that Ed does like Connor a lot. Um, there's obviously the Indiana connection, uh, very similar um, kind of upbringings, different racing style backgrounds. But um, I think unless a bigger team poaches Con- Connor away. Which I don't think is going to happen. I think we'll see Connor back on the 20 car next year um, with the Air Force, another run at the 500. I'm sure Connor would love to be full time. And if the budget's there and, and other opportunities and sponsorship pop up, then I could certainly see that happening. Um, but I, I don't think Ed is going to give up on Connor just quite yet. He's had pace, he's just had some awful luck. And. Um, you know, yes, renus has won a race this year, was in the front row in Indy, but Connor had a spectacular 500 as well. Um, and with just a little bit of right luck and putting yourself in the right position, uh, Connor will be right there. Road America is a track that he's, he's ran fast at, um, and we'll see what he can do coming up this weekend. Uh, same for uh, Kevin Magnussen. Is, is he auditioning for a ride next year? And I think so, too. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Felix Rosenquist, when he'll be back. I would imagine, um, you know, IndyCar goes on a pretty significantly long break here uh, after this race, and silly season things are going to start ramping up. and And I think, with as cutthroat as this series is, and you have to um, get it done and, and prove that you can contend for podiums and wins, I think there's going to be a lot of musical chairs being played as far as what the off season will bring for IndyCar. Um, Roman Grosjean, who's fastest uh in the first practice at road america that's somebody that does he stay there does he move to a bigger team um cody Ware wasn't awful uh as maybe we all thought he would be in that first practice we'll see what he does with qualifying coming up saturday in the race on sunday Uh, but yeah i think there's a lot of these guys that probably feel uh their seat getting warmer uh, along the paddock, I wrote about that last week. Guys like James Hinchcliffe, guys like Ed Jones. Um, there's going to be, you know, does Dalton Kellett have the money to come back, and does Floyd bring him back? Um, is there some openings that we see at somewhere like AJ Foyt, maybe Andretti? Does Ray Hall bring that third car along, and who is in that third car? Um, you know, is that third car better than? being top dog somewhere in a smaller team. Um, we'll just see how that goes. Obviously, this a lot of it all hinges on sponsorship, and um, it's going to get it's gonna get down to the nitty-gritty here over the next couple of weeks. I think we'll see and hear a lot of rumors and uh, speculations and rumblings coming up as soon as Elkhart Lake's over, heading into uh, the little bit of a hiatus that they have coming up through the remainder of June and then into early July. So um, it will be interesting. My fantasy preview is up, TonyDIndy.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Flooring is Forever and the UPS store. Thanks for the support from everybody and uh, enjoy the weekend. Stay warm, stay dry.